Welcome to the Ether. Today is Monday, August 22nd, 2022. Today on the Ether, the Galactic Punks Builder AMA with Andromeda Protocol. Let's take a listen. Hey everyone, we're just going to wait a couple of minutes as some others join us and then we'll kick things off. Okay, so as I am always rugged by Twitter, I do not see Brendan anywhere. Um, could, you, could we invite him to speak? Or Brendan, if you are there, could you request to speak so we can bring you on a bit more easily or maybe he's even already a speaker and i just don't see him uh yeah he's getting he's getting on he's he's uh getting his phone set up all right as we wait for all this to work out i think we should just like soft start start the usual early chatter today the ama will you know bring us a bit closer to andromeda a protocol that I think many lunatics, many people building within Cosmos might have heard about, but might not necessarily know exactly where it's going, how far they've come. Uh, I think, Cody, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys have been really, you know, nose down and building instead of concentrating on marketing, which is also something that you want to change going forward. And which is, you know, a part of why we are doing this AMA today. Um, so yeah, maybe we could like, you know, soft start as Brennan is joining us. Maybe you could just quickly introduce yourself uh, and we will kick things off. Yeah, sure. Um, thanks for the intro and thanks for, for having us. Um, this is, I think you were pretty accurate when you said that we, uh, we've been pretty quiet for quite a while, uh, kind of heads down building and, um, and this, I guess this, this call uh, this this spaces uh, event and the uh, engineering update we posted on Medium uh, today kind of marks the start of a of a gradual campaign as we start to sort of open up our marketing channels and our um, communications uh, at large. And so, um, yeah, we've 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 got a, a really really large project. We've been in development for about fifteen months, um, and we are probably within ninety days of, of taking something to mainnet. Uh, we feel really good about what we have. We we feel really good about um, the decisions we made. We've we've really taken our time to make sure that we got the the design and the um, the architecture correct. You know, to make sure we did it the right way. You can, you know, a lot of these um, a lot of these engineering efforts are can can be uh, can be rushed. A lot of them can be rushed, and some of them are. And and the nature of of immutability on chains is. Um, you can you can very easily make some mistakes that you can't um, you can't change later in the future. You know, once once it's done, it's done. Um, and we want to be very, very careful about that. So that's kind of the justification around why we've been so quiet and how much, you know, um, the engineering that we've been doing in, in the uh, last 15 months. Completely understandable. You know, I think especially when you're building something larger that spans as many possible utilities else we'll soon see. Now, Jack, do let me know if everything is all right. Do we have everybody up here now or do we have to wait just a second more? I believe we are still waiting. Um, I haven't seen Brendan yet. All right. In that case, Cody, uh, do you mind if we just start without him and he will join us as we go? Um, yeah, no. that's no problem. There will a day will come when we will start, you know, spaces punctually with everybody on board, but Twitter often prevents that from happening. Now, welcome everybody. We will now truly start uh, with just a general quick question for the people who have never heard of it. What is Andromeda, Cody? What are you building, and why should people be excited about it? Sure. So I think um, I think. Kind of giving us going back in history, going back in, in the uh, past, and uh, and talking about some of the engineering pieces. I'm I'm an engineer by by trade. I've been developing software for going on about 30 years now, and um, I was an early Ethereum adopter. You know, built on that platform for a good long while. 
And it wasn't until, um, I guess, 2017, I really got active and was one of the, the co-creators of the ERC-721 framework um, that we all know as NFTs on, on Ethereum. And then, of course, you've got the, the Cosmosm CW721 implementation over here. Um, and that, um, the, the question, you know, what is, what is Andromeda? What we looked at was, you know, on Ethereum, everything is being built very, very uh, monolithic, very, very brittle kind of uh, uh, protocols that are very, very, um, uh, well, monolithic, like I said. And that's mainly because of the, the domain-specific language, or DSL, that Solidity is. And that, um, that kind of prevents you from, from being very expressive. You have to be very narrow in your, in your focus and your architectures. And, um, you know, for, for the longest time, I've, I've had bigger, bigger visions, bigger dreams of building something much larger um, on blockchain. And it wasn't, we weren't able to do that with Solidity. And when I when I realized that, you know, I've heard about, you know, Rust being used over in this Cosmos ecosystem. And I was thinking, well, you know, Rust is a that's a damn good language. That's a that's a really uh, mature and well-developed, well-supported um, language. And actually, it's a really great language to be writing smart contracts in because of the nature of how it's how it's architected. And um, and so, you know, I, I started like taking a look at the Cosmos ecosystem and and really found Terra first. I was really, uh, I think Mirror was the uh, protocol that I really liked early on. I thought, wow, this is really cool. Um, these, you know, synthetics, you know, using this this UST backed um, piece. And so I, I got into that and that was really, um, really interesting. And then I sort of looked around more and more at the ecosystem, you know, learn more about Terra and then, you know, fell in love with the community, um, which is, I think, the, the highlight of, of the entire you know, you could you could say the entire blockchain ecosystem, Terra itself has probably one of the most vibrant and amazing communities out there. The amount of uh, camaraderie and friendships and uh, coordination and and all that you know is is really really vibrant here. And so that's what kind of brought brought me into this space. Um, and then it was back around May of 2021 um, where I got this idea of, or I had the I saw the the, the opportunity to start building. A larger framework, something that's a lot more composable, modular, a little more sophisticated than what we could build over in Ethereum uh, with Solidity. And so that was when we uh, started building, you know, the first prototypes, the first proof of concepts that we could actually get this thing done. And what it's turned into is, uh, and this is something that Brendan and I have been um, kind of, we've had a hard time using this word, but but we feel more comfortable about it now, you know, 15 months into development. We feel like what we're building is an operating system for each Cosmos chain. And what that is, is if you look at if you look at these blockchains, you know, be it Terra or Osmosis or Secret or any of the other chains out there, um, really what they are is they're really, really slow computers, but they they're a distributed computer nonetheless. And right now we're building, you know, like I said, these monolithic applications but we don't really have any way to connect everything. We're still having to use our wallet and, and take um, take transactions ourselves and curry them through the system. And so what we've built is, is a, a whole framework that allows you to connect all the protocols together. You can go in and, and you yourself as a, as a, um, uh, as a general you know, web user can go through and start building these different applications or these strategies or these different um, uh, money flows or what have you using our Andromeda digital objects. And that allows you to connect all of your different uh, protocols into a, a, a kind of a, a framework that allows everything to con communicate and connect together. Um, that's not something that, that exists out there right now. You know, if you have if you have things on in one protocol and you want to move them to the other, well, you have to withdraw to your wallet and then have a second transaction that pushes it out to the next piece. Our digital objects sit in between the different protocols and connect everything through a common platform. And that's something that we have not seen anywhere else in in blockchain before. Um, you know, the 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 addition of IBC to this really makes it almost like a a networking application. So you can now network the computers, and um, all the stuff sort of abstracts all of the difficulties and um, you know hard to use parts of blockchain. I mean, I've I've been using blockchain since 2011, 2012. And this shit is still hard for me. It's still difficult sometimes. I'm like trying to figure out why an IBC can, you know, uh, transfer doesn't work or how, you know, I have to jump through hoops to get all this stuff working and then I've got to get dust and it, it's a real mess. But to have some sort of intelligence that's on chain, that's not not built off chain, but actually put all that intentionality on chain is what really separates us from a lot of the other projects out there. That's kind of a, a general um, 
that's kind of a general uh, description of what we're building. I can go into more detail um, as we go through the call. Oh, absolutely. And I love, you know, I love how you started with why it is that you even build it in the first place. I think for many of the users that are non-technical, me included, it's very difficult to think about these different programming languages as something else than just, you know, pure wizardry. But I had it compared to different normal languages to me before where, you know, if you speak German and English in some certain situations, especially when you might want to, you know, express some very, very specific feelings. German is just unparalleled and you will be able to express things in German that you can't in English or can't in French. Um, and I think it's like this for us non-technical users that that we can imagine these different, you know, React, JS, be it, you know, Solidity and Rust, which is what Terra and other Cosmos chains are built upon. I think we we often disregard how big of a aspect it is when building on a particular blockchain but coming back to the community and everything i think we will all agree that this is something that we really love in cosmos in terra and that we hope to still persist and this is one of the goals of these builder amas that we will be hosting regularly now um, again you will possibly agree that there is just so much building that is happening behind the scenes that a regular user that just you know engages on twitter etc will not will never even grasp or never even glimpse and it's just a shame to not see how many people are building and what great things they are building um, now this was a little tangent of mine but coming back to andromeda now what I really, really love to, to do is always read the description that people put on the website. Now, Andromeda has just, you know, got a beautiful revamp, the new homepage, andromedaprotocol.io is beautiful. And I encourage everybody to go and explore a little bit themselves. There is a very, very extensive documentation that will help you, uh, you know, really learn step by step about the many possible applications. But what you're writing on the homepage is, Andromeda is an application platform layer that connects all public blockchains in the Cosmos ecosystem. For our vast library of no-code smart contracts, user can, users can harness the power of Web3. Now, this is something that I really want to concentrate on with this next question. Very often when we hear about those, uh, you know, modular protocols or something that is supposed to help us and ease the barrier of entry for not coding people, it sometimes promises more than it actually can do. Now, in your own words, do you think Andromeda is aimed at more technical users? Is it something that will help devs iterate quickly? Or is it something that literally any user can just, you know, jump into and create their own application with? That's a, that's a good question. Um, there's really, uh, I think what we're talking about is audiences here. And I think there's there's two major uh, audiences that we really focus on. Um, let's start with the the, the lowest uh, lowest level. So the the, the actual the, the most technical, the most um, familiar with code and that kind of stuff. So our framework allows for anyone to submit um, new Andromeda digital objects, which is kind of the, the base uh, component of what we're building. So anybody can 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 roll up and 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 add new uh, new functionality to the platform, just like you can with say Linux. You have a, a package manager that you can install new applications, new new connectivity points. Um, and in in our engineering update, I, I covered four of our Andromeda digital objects, and they're very very basic, but they're the building blocks for something much more complex. And so you would assemble these pieces. And so what we've provided here is a is not a centralized development effort, but a a much uh, a very large open access for people to submit submit uh, different digital objects into the system so that people can fill their needs. Um, and there's there's some really cool parts about that package management system that we're we're developing. But to your to your your question, there was a second piece, and there's a second audience that we go after, and that's the people who don't know how to program in Rust. That's the people who want to you know use a uh, an editor, much like they would use, you know, WordPress or, or Squarespace to build a website. Like these are all familiar tools. You can use the web browser to, you know, click and drag and connect different pieces with drop-down menus and helper text and all of those pieces. So, I wouldn't say that anybody could walk in and use this. I mean, I don't think that someone like, you know, someone who's never worked, at, you know, never touched Web three, they wouldn't know what an LP token is or what a 
a lending platform is or any of these different uh, terms we have in there. But certainly everybody on this call would be able to walk up to this thing and start assembling different um, configurations of these digital objects. Um, one of the really cool parts that we're, we're, we're building about this is, let's say we have a, 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 an unknown user, just a, a random user off of the, off the web that, that comes in and they want to start building something. They build something really cool. They build a, a really cool application that ties together four or five, six different protocols into some sort of like trade strategy or risk management or money flow where it takes yield and it, it splits it up and does you know, all kinds of cool things. What they're able to do is take that configuration, that, that configuration of Andromeda digital objects and turn that into an Andromeda application or an app. And that would let other people basically use that same configuration, but they would own those objects themselves. So it becomes kind of a template for you to start and, 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 and share that code or share that philosophy. Um, built into that is, a, um, is, an, is, is some economics that allow for the creators to be paid for their efforts, paid for their work. And not through donationware, not through a, a tip, but through, through some pretty sophisticated economics that allows you know, everybody to, to now participate in the economics of, these, um, of this creation process. Uh, right now, it's mainly cordoned off for hardcore developers, Rust programmers, people who know how to write you know, in, in Golang to write you know, the chains. And you've got to, but but if, you, if you think about the number of people that use the chain, it's, you know, it's probably 10 to 1 programmers to, um, to, to, to your average user. And so what we're trying to do is really push that bar, push that, that creativity um, barrier up quite a bit so that more people can, can, can join in and start developing things. Think about the amount of people that, that can operate a WordPress uh, installation or a Squarespace site that don't know HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. That's the, that's the, that's the best analogy I can use um, for what we're building. That is obviously quite incredible. Go ahead, Jack. Sorry, I interrupted you. That's okay. I was just looking at it from a uh, NFT smooth brain point of view. So like, what kind of things can builders actually create using Andromeda? I, I think having an example of like the sort of uh, apps and platforms that people can build would be a great way to just ex explain it in some more detail. Sure. So um, I would imagine that everybody on this call has a daily routine where we open up our web browser and we open up 10 different tabs and we move our, our tokens, we withdraw, we trade, we do all these sort of, you know, we, we get muscle memory by doing that. You know, we do it every single day. I open up, you know, these three tabs first, do my withdrawals, move them over here, trade them for this, you know, and I start building up my my positions and other other um, other uh, protocols and, and tokens out there. What you can do here is you can automate that entire system. So let's say you're let's say you're staked with a validator and you want to take you know whatever you're making per day. Let's say you make up just to, just to make the percentages easy, you make a hundred dollars a day. You know every twenty four hours you make a hundred dollars in in yield. You can have um, you can have an ADO that withdraws that yield, takes that hundred dollars, and then sends say twenty percent of it to a to a vault because you just want to you want to just put that away into a savings account where it just sits there idle, not doing anything. You want to take ten percent and move it over to um, to osmosis and flip it for secret tokens and then have those sent back or maybe pushed over to the secret network um, and then staked. You can do, um, you can take another 15% of, of those, of those, that hundred dollars and say, if the price of X is below this amount or above this amount, then do this. And so you start creating these applications of what you want to do with your uh, resources instead of being, um, you can be much more expressive and you can automate all this kind of stuff. Now, when I say automate, I truly mean automation. Um, there are some some really clever ways that you can have um, this intentionality, these these instructions be put on chain and uh, executed automatically without without giving access to the underlying resources. So you're not sharing keys. The idea of 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 what we're trying to do is separate you know, the keys that you have for your wallet and the objects you have on chain that do your work for you. And so those, you know, you could set a timer that says every 24 hours on what this, this task to be done. Now your question might be, well, yeah, but who's paying for the gas? Well, you can leave money in the, in, in the actual uh, digital object to pay for its own gas. So it has like each little ADO has its own little gas tank. You can think of it that way. And what you're willing to do is say, hey, I'm willing to pay a nickel, you know, five cents for somebody to come along and just 
poke this. I'll pay for the gas. Don't worry about it. It's not, it's not costing you anything, but you'll make five cents if you go out and you, you execute this, this, um, in these instructions on my behalf. Well, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that can run bots out there that can scan the chain and we'll, we'll provide tools for this to scan for those opportunities. And, you know, they sit there with a, with a bot that basically looks for these things that can collect, you know, five cents, you know, hundred times a day, 200 times a day, a thousand times a day, you know, at scale um, to, to make all this stuff happen so that you can close your laptop and go enjoy life without having to worry about, you know, collecting yield at 3.30 every, every, every day. So that's just, that's one type of application. But um, really what we're trying to do is, is provide the tools for, for us to be surprised and have emergent applications that, that derive from the system. Wow. Just, you know, I'm sitting here and thinking about all the things I could do. And naturally, the first thing that comes to my mind are NFTs. And I poked around the documentation of Andromeda. Um, don't laugh, Jack. I poked around the documentation of Andromeda and it did, you know, it is very, very prominent there that you can play with NFTs. You can play with, you, you can basically subject them to different yeah, treatments. So maybe let's dive into this a little bit. Um, what kind of a priority was it for you to also include NFTs? I saw, for example, that there is uh, possibly an option to lock up your NFTs for a set amount of time. Is it like a self-subjected diamond hand enforcement policy? Uh, you know, maybe you could talk a little bit about the NFT possibilities too. Yeah, sure. So, so um, really when you think about um, NFTs, and this was something when I was in the creation process for the uh, NFT standard on, on Ethereum, uh, I didn't like the name non-fungible token because that's a term that tells you what it isn't, right? So we're saying it's a non-fungible. Well, yeah, but okay, if it's not fungible, then what is it? I mean, there's plenty of things that you could point to that are non-fungible um, tokens. But, um, and so that's where we, we decided to, to name all of our digital objects, just that digital objects, because that's really, that's a better description of what they are. A good analogy is, you know, when the, when the first car came out, they called it a horseless carriage. But automobile is probably a better, a better word to use to describe what that is. And so that's why we, we, we decided to use the, the digital object moniker, because NFTs right now, if you say NFT to anybody, they automatically think, you know, um, collectibles and art and, and everything that NFTs are currently right now. And, they, and you quickly get get um, associated with, you know, um, with that with that area. And what we're doing is so much larger than that. We needed to, to come up with a new name. So um, we do support NFTs. NFTs are, are a, a very core piece of what we're doing. Um, and we've, we've, we've modified or we've, we've extended what NFTs can be. And if you think about, um, other non-fungible assets, such as insurance or bonds or yield bearing assets, any of these financial tools out there, that's kind of what we're setting up the system to, to really, um, to, to have, um, one of the really interesting pieces right now is we've completely mitigated the need for a third party marketplace to take a fee. So right now, when you go to OpenSea, you pay somewhere between three and 6%, like you're selling a house, um, broker fee. Well, you know, we've just, we've uh, like, apparently we've just thrown out the entire playbook of disintermediation. We've, we, we've been okay with this. What our entities do in, in the system is they actually broker themselves. So an NFT that you own, you can put a price on it. Say, hey, I want to sell that for 100 units. And that NFT would then say, hey, if anybody out there comes along and, and sends 100 units of whatever currency or, or token you want, sends to this NFT itself, it passes that 100 units back over to its original owner and it swaps itself over to the new owner. Okay, well, what, so that's, that's pretty cool. You're no longer taking a fee. In other words, these NFTs broker themselves. But what that also allows you to do is you can put in certain instructions to do to do royalties or taxes. And the difference between royalties and taxes is, is actually pretty simple. Um, royalties come from inside the pay price and taxes are above. So let's say you have a 2% tax on an object and you sell it. Well, for 100 units, it ends up costing you 102 because the tax is on top. And let's say there's a 5% royalty back to the creator. Well, that would come out of the 100. So 95 would be passed to the owner and five back to the to the original creator. And so that's just a framework. We aren't, we aren't, you know, there's there's plenty of ways to do this. Um, but that's one of the major pieces we've added 
to this whole system. We haven't seen that anywhere else on the other platform yet. Uh, and that's, we think that's pretty exciting. Sounds like it. And I can't wait to, you know, play around with this. But when we think about the practicalities of integrating this with existing platforms, you know, I really do like the idea of, you know, this brokering on chain. I just send you the money, you send me the NFT automatically. I don't necessarily need a centralized front end. However, for normal users, it's this aspect of browsing, of having the centralized point where we go and we look at the liquidity, we look at available NFTs. It's still very important. So do ADOs, so like this Andromeda digital objects, are they actually a different NFT standard? Is there going to be a difficulty with integrating this with existing marketplaces or does it all you know, cooperate? Uh, it cooperates actually. Everything's uh, backwards compatible, so uh, it's up to the creator to to in, to to design how they want these to happen. So if you want to do uh, a normal, um, you know, the way we're doing it right now, that's totally fine. If you want to do it, um, if you want to do it through our system, we've actually we've actually designed an embeddable marketplace. So we have a a, 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 a very easy Web 2.0 type plugin. Like it's a bit of code, it's just some JavaScript that you inject into your website. And it basically, you with, with configuration data, you would tell it, hey, I want to show just this collection. I want to sort it by, you know, this, this um, property. And I want to show, you know, I want it to be in list format or I want it to be in thumbnail or whatever. And so we're allowing for, that's, that allows for any user to go in and, and add that to their Squarespace site and have their marketplace displayed right there on the, on the page. It automatically connects to the wallet. It automatically has all the features you need sort of embedded in this piece. Um, the the cool part about this is if you own a current an NFT, say one that 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 came out you know a year ago, right before Andromeda was even really conceptualized, what you can do is you can create a an ADO that's basically a wrapper for that NFT. And what would happen is our ADO would own that in it. Or sorry, your ADO, <laughs> the ADO that you create, the wrapper would then would then own that NFT. So it becomes kind of a proxy between you and the underlying asset. And by wrapping it, you can now you can now add all sorts of modular functionality. So if you wanted to put a time lock, so in other words, you could wrap an NFT and say, hey, you can't actually unwrap this for six months. That's kind of like taking out a, a long or a short, like a synthetic put on, a, on an object. And so you're able to do really sophisticated things without, without having to modify the underlying code. It just consumes the underlying asset and then it adds all this extra functionality. And so we think that's pretty cool. The, sorry, Karma. Uh, I feel like the idea of the decentralized brokerage of NFTs, I, I feel like it's prime territory for um, NFT aggregators. So if you're selling your or brokering your own NFT, surely you will still be able to utilize an aggregator to you know find NFTs that are being sold. Absolutely, and 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 just like with with regular you know flat art or physical art, um, when you you know, you can produce all the art you want in your home, but but in order to get people to see it, you normally have to go to a gallery or some sort of place of, to display that art. And what we what we can do is you can basically put into the sale price. You can you can say I'm willing to pay a, a listing fee or a gallery fee to one of these multiple places. So your art can be displayed, your your collectibles, your your objects, whatever they are. You know, we're 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 agnostic towards any of this stuff. It could be a sword from a from a, a game, or it could be a Galactic Punk itself, or it could be a, um, or you know, it could be an insurance policy, and you can say that I'm willing to pay whatever, um, whatever broker that's out there, or whatever gallery that's 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 you know pushing this stuff out. I'm willing to pay you know three percent or five percent, and that can be put on chain so that there's no way it's not an IOU. It's not like a um, hey, send the money to them and then they break it off. It's actually all done in code on chain, so it, it's sort of immutable. You can't really get around doing that. So that's that's the idea there. Pretty amazing. I just was about to summarize very quickly for people who joined us. Uh, we are talking about Andromeda and we've just learned how this is basically quite a groundbreaking protocol for technical and non-technical users alike that allows you, and here apologies for simplifying it, allows you to play around with blocks of code, even if you can't code, and create very much Lego-like your own custom applications and your own custom uh, 
actions on chain, be it sending your NFTs somewhere or even automating your, you know, DCAing strategies and some of these other things. So we are just learning about the limits of it and about what exactly we'll be able to do. And this is basically the next question that I wanted to ask. So obviously, this sounds absolutely groundbreaking and I can't you know, wait to get my hands on it. So could we maybe talk about timelines and when can we expect as you know, users to be able to use Andromeda? And how do you see that time wise? Um, will all those uh, possibilities that we've just discussed be released at once or is it a staged release? Um, yeah, let's jump into that. It's it'll, It will probably be staged, though. It'll, it'll probably be within a, a short window of when everything sort of comes together. Um, in development, you normally have, you know, not, it takes, takes you about uh, like the last 10 percent of development is always the hardest. So you, you get like 90 percent of what you want built pretty quickly. And then it's the last 10 percent that seems to take forever. Um, and that's that's no different with this project. Um, we will probably have a um, we're, we're actually moving into private beta right now, which um, if you look at our at the link in here, we have that engineering update at the very bottom. There's a way you can submit a um, uh, beta tester uh, application. And those are incentivized positions. Um, it's a uh, 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 basically just need someone that, that has technical chops to go through and break the software. Um, and write up good bug reports. We're looking for people that can do that. Um, it is incentivized. Um, and then we... Apologies. Um, I accidentally muted everyone. <laughs> it's all right. No problem. Did, well, what part was the last y'all heard? You just you were just uh, muted for a split second. Oh, okay. Okay, perfect, perfect. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we're, we're looking at, um, at deploying this, probably having a, a, a tech preview, which is kind of like an alpha version, like, there's still a lot of work to be done, but it's you can actually look at it, play with it on a test net and sort of, you know, build a bunch of stuff with with fake tokens and fake NFTs and fake all this kind of stuff just to kind of play around with it and see what can happen. Um, probably in the next um, probably four weeks, we're looking at probably two more de development cycles. So let's say the end of next month um, to be safe. Um, and then as that, you know, and and by by that point, we should have a pretty good timeline on when we're going to be going to, to mainnet. Um, and that we're hoping by the end of the year, if not sooner than that. All right. So single digit weeks for extensive <laughs> testnet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. So, yeah, I just I don't even know where to start. You know, I well, A, I really need to get my hands on this testnet um, yep. and write some bug reports uh, in my <laughs> in my broken possibilities. But sure. um, yeah, maybe you could tell us a little bit more. And I know I'm pushing it possibly since we've just discussed we are only getting, you know, to testnet, etc. Sure. But what are your hopes long term? I'm sure with something that has been in development for so long, there is a lot of planning already in place for how you're going to roll it out. And, you know, I'm just trying to think about the long-term sustainability of this. You've mm -hmm. talked about some quite, you know, sophisticated ways for users to monetize yep. their own builds. Um, so it's almost like you are putting all these tools out there. People can not only build things for their own use, uh, use cases, but they can also monetize their builds, even if they haven't coded before necessarily. Absolutely. Now, is this going to operate with a token? How does Andromeda stay profitable and sustainable long term? Um, if you can talk about it yet. Sure. Um, on the on the tokenomic side, there's there's a there's a lot that, that goes on there. One, there's there's a staking for automated tasks, so you could basically um, ramp up your your clock, like the, the the how often you can have automated tasks and how much gas you're allotted. Um, that's one way that we've looked at. Um, we've got about seven or eight different um, models that can be implemented. Um, there's namespacing that we could be adding to this uh, system. There's um, IBC access. There's a lot of different ways we can do that. Um, but one of the cool pieces, and this is this goes back to to something that that Brendan and I both um, both um, really hold hold close to our hearts. Um, if you go back to the open source software movement back in the late 80s into the 90s when, when Linux was founded and this whole open source movement you know, started, I was in my teens and I was on the front lines watching the GPL v1, v2, v3 be, being created. 
the the the, the wars with Microsoft, the the open source Linux, you know, the, all that kind of stuff back then. Um, watching all that kind of stuff, and there was there was some really beautiful things that happened. Open source software allowed for creativity, for access, for for this this really beautiful philosophy on on software creation. But what 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 we we missed was how do you compensate the developers? And what it became was it became donationware, or hey, can you you know can we get a foundation together and 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 can we you know can can we get this developer you know twenty thousand dollars so he can so he or she could spend you know six to nine weeks to to, to add these extra features and it just and if you look at open source software, um, it's been like that ever since. And the the you've got large companies, you know, you've got Oracle and SAP and Microsoft that have used open source software and gone out and made millions of dollars at the expense of you know these these very talented open source programmers that that did it because they were engineers and they wanted to solve problems and it was it was fun for them. But you know, wouldn't there, wouldn't it be a better world if we had a way for those open source developers to be paid? Well, we've kind of opened that up, that opportunity up with blockchain. And so what we've done is, you know, I was saying earlier that you can submit a um, you could submit a uh, a new ADO to the system. And there's a there's a bit of, of sophisticated you know decision making we need we need to figure out between here and um, uh, release. But what would essentially happen is you could have someone says, "Hey, I have a need. I need a, a digital object that does this specifically," and they write up some specs. And they can say, "I'm willing to pay." And I'll just use an example. I'm willing to pay you know five dollars. Well, you know, no one's really going to go out and develop software for five dollars. That's just it's just not worth it. So it becomes sort of a bidding process, and the person that has a need can then go out and um, and and solicit uh, developers, and at, you know, it starts at five dollars, goes up to ten, fifteen, you know, these, and then finally it's like, okay, hey, I'll, I'm willing to pay ten thousand dollars for someone to create this digital object for me. Well, that's where a, a developer can come in and say, you know, I'll do that for ten thousand. I can knock that out in you know a couple of weeks. Um, and then you have a council that sort of makes sure that the code is, is vetted. It's it, it it actually meets the criteria. There's you know there's got to be a little bit of wiggle room in that process, but um, we have a pretty good handle on on how that can be done. And then basically the um, the developer can be paid once that is you know once a certain criteria is met, and it's all sort of mitigated on chain. So this is this is one way to do it. Or let's say you have a a, a developer that says you know I think there's a uh, there's a need that, that could be filled if I wrote code that did ABC. And what they can do is they say, well, I'm gonna spend the next three weeks, four weeks, you know, 10 weeks or whatever, or even build a team maybe around this, this opportunity. And what they're gonna do is they're gonna they're gonna write that code, submit it to the to the um, um, to the platform through this this package management system. And they say, you know what, every time it's used, I would like for you know some sort of a royalty, right? So maybe it's five cents or three cents or once it, or maybe, you know what, actually, maybe we put it on a bonding curve, right? So that the, the early adopters pay a little more. And then as the, as the developer has been paid back, it slowly sort of rolls off and, the, and, it, and it basically goes down to a very, 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 very small fee, less than a cent possibly, um, where that, 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 that um, the developer is being paid back over time. And it's up to the developer to take that, that risk. On the, on the previous example, they were being paid sort of upfront to deliver the code, whether it's used or not, or whether it's actually, you know, if it actually gets used anywhere. But in this case, the developer can then take that risk on and say, you know, I think that there's a there's a need for this type of digital object that does this functionality. I'm willing to do it. And maybe, you know, over the course of, you know, depending on how often it's used, maybe it takes only six weeks to get paid back if it's a if it's a smash hit. Or if it's um something that maybe takes a little longer, maybe it's it's three years and they make, you know, I'm just using sort of numbers that might actually be right. Maybe they make a thousand bucks a month off of that. And it's just, and then, you know, over time it, that thousand dollars goes down to 750, down to 500, down to 250 you know, as they've been paid back. So what you're doing is you're sort of asking the question, what would the open source um, advocates back in the nineties, what would they have done if they had the tools we have available now? And that is a really, really special place that we we find ourselves in. I think we can fix that, that problem. So, so will there be like a library where where users can come and browse these ADOs, and um, obviously, if you have to uh, pay to use them, almost like a marketplace as such? Oh, absolutely. That's that's exactly how it would work. Um, 
there's there's an, there's a, a base set of ADOs that that we're we're providing to kind of jumpstart and prime the prime the system, but that's exactly how it would work. Now here's the here's the tricky part. You don't want just anybody coming in and throwing code into a marketplace that anybody can use because we're trying to go after the people who can't read Rust code. They don't know how these things work. So all of this is permissioned by the DAO. The DAO that we're designing will be permissioning these things off and making sure that you know it's got it's got proper documentation, which is incredibly important in this space. Uh, it actually works. It's been tested. It's been audited, and maybe there's a bounty for that. Maybe that's that's part of the DAO and and its its function is to is to uh, incentivize code review and, and all these pieces. So it's it really becomes a, a very, very elastic uh, DAO that, that plugs into a lot of different areas. Um, Brendan actually just joined. Um, he's here now. Uh, this is something, uh, Brendan, can you talk about some of the um, the economics uh, about around what we're doing, about the different opportunities that are out there? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Cody. Um, so the um, from a token, tokenomic standpoint, as a um, decentralized operating system and application development platform. We've got lots of opportunities um, to uh, create token value. The one way is uh, kind of been pioneered by the um, uh, project called The Graph. It's one of the largest um, infrastructure projects out there in the world. It's multi-chain and cross-ecosystem, uh, cross which is really interesting. Um, but what we see there is, um, and what we're studying is, uh, transaction fees, um, that are very minimal. Uh, and we also see the opportunity for, uh, staking, um, for a certain resource access. And of course there's, uh, lots of different, uh, resources that could be accessed and, you know, in the overall design, we're interested in adoption. So the barriers are low, the fees are low, and the uh, accumulation of those across uh, uh, an entire ecosystem uh, is is uh, very significant. We also see that we can take uh, and create incentives for developers and and builders to create. ADOs according to our published uh, standards, and those can actually be submitted to the um, the DAO and uh, evaluated for inclusion in the Andromeda Logic Library. And as part of this process, the actual the engineers get a stake in the uh, performance and the value accrued. They basically get a carried interest in in the thing that they created, and it's. It's um, the kind of thing that's set up on a, a bonding curve, which is attaches a value accrual. Uh, so there's an early capture period, and, and then there's a, a long tail of value um, um, creation for the builder that's shared uh, with the protocol. And this incentivizes engineers to build in this um, on this platform. Uh, because they can actually have uh, be rewarded for the the value that they um, they actually create. We like that model. Uh, we think it leads to explosive growth and fairly rewards uh, developers, uh, especially open source developers, who for the the longest time we haven't had the the tools to properly compensate them. And we see that in the overall decline in participation in open source. And of course, we. Um, in the Web3 frontier where we're operating, we've got new tools, we've got new capabilities. And so really excited about that. Cody, is that in the direction you were thinking? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just going to butt in. Hello, Brendan. It's lovely to have you. I'm also going to tell everybody this man is a legend. Apparently, he just went onto a different spaces <laughs> and evangelized about Andromeda to a completely different audience that now knows way more about that protocol that they possibly, you know, endeavored to know <laughs> when this is evening true. started. <laughs> I'm over there thinking, man, Cody is not showing up. That's okay. I can do this without Cody. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's the spirit. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, well, absolutely brilliant. One thing I wanted to circle back on, we've just spoken a lot about value, accruing value. And 
one thing I did want to ask, and this is maybe you know a little bit of a of a, a sensitive topic, but we all know that Andromeda has gotten a very, quite a substantial grant from a Luna community back on Classic, and we've just discussed a little bit, or maybe not necessarily discussed, but in the docs there is big emphasis on going cross-chain a very very big emphasis on building for cosmos in general on interconnecting these chains so maybe you could tell a little bit more about where this vision came into the play was it because of the crash was it a way to make it more sustainable more overarching for cosmos in general um and you know are there ways in which you will still prioritize Terra in particular as this maybe a big financing point of Andromeda as a protocol? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. That, uh, and I'm, I'm glad you, you brought that up because that's I think that's a um, uh, a question that a lot of people have because you know we do we do have allegiance to this to this community. Um, the cross chain nature of what we're trying to do only helps you know what we're what we what we are collectively building on on Terra. Um, you know that's that's the there, there's an old saying in Texas: you dance with the one that brung you, and that's that's kind of what I've been telling the team from the beginning. You know, and and with with the crash, you know, there was a, a moment there where you know we we lost just like most projects, we lost quite a bit of uh, of resources and and stuff. But you know, that was a, a real pivotal point for us because we you know at that time it was like okay, well our chain is dead. What do we do, right? So I mean, do we even there were there were moments of 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 sheer terror where it's like, do we even continue? I mean, what do we do? We just got you know it, it just got knocked you know completely off of course here. And so um, you know we started looking around and it was like, well, you know this whole this this cosmos ecosystem, like the the basis for what we're building and and why we're building you know yeah. with Rust with Cosmosm with all of these things. It was like, well, the the whole cosmos is actually we we could deploy anywhere and everywhere and we've got IBC and we could actually grab all those resources and 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 unify them and bring them together where you know there, there's a there's a good example about you know when my mom surfs the net she doesn't know what IP address she's connecting to she doesn't know what web server or database she just knows that when she clicks the green button it goes when she hits the red button it stops and when she hits send it sends and when she hits receive it she receives that's the real, real, real component here. And so, what we're what we're building is that framework to allow for it to happen very, very easily. And the the initial rollout of this will have a, a very large emphasis on the Terra community, the Terra based protocols, and everything that we've built together over the last two years. There's that that's that's uh that's probably the most exciting thing about what we see when we finally you know go go mainnet. That's where you know, it's, it's going to be like, holy shit, this whole thing is now, now connected and we've got some real tools here. So the, because of the way it's um, Andromeda is engineered, we make uh, the very best projects accessible to builders everywhere. And so uh, in that way, um, you know, Terra continues to distinguish itself uh, with its development community and the projects that have been fielded just in, in the last uh, 60 days. I mean, it's breathtaking. It's amazing um, and inspiring, frankly. And, you know, that that's why we started um, with Terra. That's why Cody um, uh, called me and said, we've got new, new capabilities over here. You need to give it a look. And so uh, at the time I was working with the largest collectible company in the world, working with the largest um, uh, globally recognized licensors in the world. And when I saw what was possible, what was happening on Terra, uh, I hit the eject button. <laughs> I joined the revolution. I got in and um, we've been building, you know, flat out ever since. Uh, and it was definitely uh, a pivotal moment um, when the Terra event happened and we had to make some fast decisions. The good news is because of um, how we're designed and the the value that we create, um, we can't wait to, to stand up this uh, Andromeda Logic Library on Terra and make um, the very best uh, projects in the Cosmos ecosystem available. So w w one piece I'd like to add to that is, 
you know, there's there's chains like Secret, which allow for privacy, and and I'm a I'm a big big believer in in privacy. What this allows you to do is separate. You can actually have ownership on Secret, but have assets on Terra. So in other words, you can break that. You know, there's still the IBC connection, but you basically have a black hole over on Secret, where it's like, okay, something on something. <laughs> think about this like in a in a science fiction type type way. It's like, okay, we've got these assets over here that are plugged in to these different protocols on Terra. And we, but the owner is across IBC on secret, and we don't know who that is, but they are operating it in the you know behind this wall. Like that's pretty damn cool, and that's the, that's just the beginning. We think secret is our is is the next logical move is to to get that those privacy concerns and bridge them over so that you have a you have a single um, user interface and an abstraction layer so that you can just right click on it on one of your digital objects. And when I say right click, I actually mean like you have a digital object in the browser. And you right click with your mouse and you hit make private. And it says, okay, we're going to, then the, the system basically sends that, that ADO over to secret network and it's hidden just like that, that easy. I think that's going to be groundbreaking in terms of unlocking some of the advantages of some IBC chains to the general public. And what I mean by that is obviously Cosmos is incredible in so far that it allows you to build this app-specific chains with different trade-offs. But as we all know, it's very difficult to keep on top of all of these possible developments. And I think Andromeda might have a role in making it a bit easier to actually utilize the potential of all these chains without necessarily having to you know, be a full-time participant in all of them. Um, now, that really, really excites me. Uh, that, we... was per- that was so perfectly said. That's exactly <laughs> the vision we're trying to we're trying to achieve. That is brilliant. I sometimes even feel, you know, uh, slightly guilty for not having tried out the newest Cosmos chain or whichever you know flavor of the week. But there is just not enough hours in the day. So whatever makes it easier to experiment and take full utility, um, I think is going to be groundbreaking. But we've now been sp- speaking for almost an hour and, you know, we've covered an incredible amount of topics for something that is still so very new to users and new documentation, the new website is pretty new. Uh, I also encourage everybody to, you know, go to Andromeda's Medium and read one of the first updates on the development. And I, if I understand correctly, these updates are now going to be posted more regularly so we can track the progress. Um, and I think this is now the right time uh, to go maybe to questions. So I encourage everybody to raise hands if they want to ask a question uh, to Cody and Brendan or just have uh, a little remark. And for the culture, we are going to give the word to Space Toads for just a little second. We In the NFT space, we all know what to expect. So take it away, Frog. Serene and amazing as always. Thank you for this contribution. Um, now, waiting for further questions. That was I awesome. Actually, that was awesome, by the way. It was. I loved it. That is a staple. That is, we do it for the culture. We are grateful to Space Dots for their never, never ending and never ceasing uh, cultural contribution to the Terra chain and NFT culture. Now I'm I'm going to circle back to the NFT questions. Um, so one thing I'm wondering about is, so most of the most of the applications that we've discussed for Andromeda so far um, have been very person specific. You know, you go out, you build yourself a little building block of different actions that allow you to streamline your activity on chain. But I'm wondering to which extent can this be used for bigger organizations or even DAOs or small communities? Um, If Galactic Punks as a DAO, uh, for example, would like to introduce uh, NFT staking. And this is, you know, just an example because we have built our own separate NFT staking. Mm -hmm. It has taken a lot of resources. It has taken lots of dev time and more. But, you know, in which ways could Andromeda be used for communities or new projects in the space to lower the prices, lower the uh, funds they need to shell out for devs, 
for building this all from scratch. Can they build something like this with Andromeda and basically make it available to their users? Absolutely. And that's that's the that's the beauty of the system is that the the composability uh, I mean think about the different functions that 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 you guys wrote for your for your DAO. I mean a lot of that code was probably already written for somebody else but it was it, you can't you couldn't just go out and copy and paste it because it needs to integrate in a different way. So we have a we have our we have a whole framework that basically allows for people to reuse these things and tune those different digital objects configure them in a way that um that that address all the needs that you have. So so karma for instance if you're you you said you're not a programmer but you know you, you can you have the the you know you have some expertise in how you want to design a system you're just sort of keyboard um restrained you know you can't get on the keyboard and just start writing rust code and developing all this stuff and doing all the testing and doing all of the the checks and all this kind of stuff i wish yeah yeah but so what you can do is you can take a lot of these off the shelf pieces you know so let's say you have a uh you have you have a, a certain class of early adopters that you want to say you know they get a new token uh, or you know they get a token release every uh, ten days or every x x amount of actions or you know in some you can basically go through in a, in a menu and just say hey I want to do that connect it to this connect it to that connect it to that and then you can you can simulate that on a test net before you actually deploy it to mainnet. Um, that's a really important piece. But a lot of those, if you look at DAOs, like the voting mechanisms, all that kind of stuff, that's, those are just a different set of ADOs that are configured slightly differently. Um, and, they're, and it's code reuse. It's a lot of code reuse. Pure efficiency. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, I mean imagine, imagine having to program a website every single time, starting with a, a brand new WordPad document, and you just do file new, and you have to start typing in HTML. Like, that's kind of ridiculous. What if you had something like WordPress or Squarespace that allows you to sort of modular, like, hey, I want a list of these things. I want to show up a heading here. I want to have a button that does this. I want to have an email form that I can just like, throw down. You don't need to reprogram a, 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 an email form every single time you build a website. You just reuse the same code over and over again, and you slightly change, you know, what you want, what fields you want, you know, all the different, all the different parameters. That's what we've built. I also wanted to say on a completely different note, I'm always very, very impressed how incredibly passionate you are about what you've built. This is obviously always a very refreshing and beautiful thing to see in founders, but I've never, ever seen somebody be so proud of something they've built like you are proud of Andromeda. Yeah, it's 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 our it's our baby. Uh, and I, the, the, our whole team has been together. I'll tell you this, we have, we've got about in our project, in, in the, the inner circle, we've got a about, I don't know, between 15 and 18 um, people. And I guess 90% of them are, are engineers, um, which is why we haven't, you know, you haven't seen a whole lot of, of marketing and stuff out there from us. We've been pretty quiet, but we're, we're starting to ramp that up. Um, and the engineering team we have, we have got a really special something with that team. Everybody is, it's a very flat organization. There's a mad amount of, of talent. There's an extreme amount of talent and respect that everybody has for each other. And it's pretty flat. It's like, it's like playing basketball. You just sort of know who's in charge of what and who does what. And it's, it's like, we're all reading each other's minds. And that group we've been together now for, like I said, 15 months. And it's a, it's a really, really strong and really, really great um, culture that we've developed inside. And that's that, that when you have that, that is what gives you really powerful software because you, everybody's taking pride and everybody's rowing in the same direction. And there's, there's a lot of, of positivity day in and day out. Yeah. I love it. But I do have to make a joke about hashtag not a cult. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I have to say I'm always very, very amazed. I come from the traditional art world and very, very often when I see devs present their code or present like an MVP, it has the exact same quality like at a vernissage when an artist presents their artwork for the first time and is just very, very proud of what they've accomplished. So I'm happy for you guys and I'm happy for all the users that will get to use it hopefully very soon. Um, Maybe uh, we could, you know, wrap it up by uh, summarizing for everybody listening how they can ke uh, keep up to date. By the way, if anyone has questions, keep raising your hands because um, I don't know, Jack, if you are seeing anyone, uh, but I cannot see anybody requesting to speak. No hands yet. Yep. 
Brilliant. I think we've covered a lot of ground with our questions. I apologize for that if somebody was hoping to ask some of them themselves. Uh, and I think also for many people, it's going to be difficult to ask something, not having really looked into your updates, which were released just today or recently. So again, maybe just to summarize uh, at the end and wrap it up nicely for everybody, where to keep up with these updates and what would be the next step for a user that really wants to learn more, immerse themselves, take part in the, in the testnet? Well, just like any good crypto project, I'd say join our Discord or Telegram channel. Um, we've got a lot of a lot of uh, infrastructure already built around that. Um, come in and ask questions. We've got a lot of documentation. If you're if you're more technical, please go to the website, click on documentation in the uh, in the menu. Uh, we've we've spent a lot of time documenting things, making sure that all the code is documented, all the questions that you might have, they're they're out there. That's in a very technical sense. That's not meant for the for the average user that doesn't really understand the underpinnings of of blockchains and and Rust and Cosmosm. Um, on the front end, we're getting there very soon. If you if you're a, if you want to get in and bug test, uh, there's a form at the bottom of the um, of the medium post. There's a, a kind of a tidbits at the very bottom, uh, odds and ends. I think I called it. Um, and and you can go ahead and submit that form, and we'll try to get you in there to get uh, early access to the beta. Um, for warning, it is it is it's a it's very beta, but it's 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 rapidly in improving day to day as we uh, roll out new code. Uh, that's probably the best way to 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 get a hold of us. Amazing. Now I saw someone uh, requesting to speak, Jack, but they've disappeared for me. Um, can you bring them up, please, uh, or can you can you see them at all? Yep, someone's just requested to speak. Uh, bring them up now. Hi. Good morning. Hello, Voices of Terra. Go ahead. What's your question? Hi, no, I just want to say thank you so much for doing these spaces. Uh, it's very informative for all of us. Thank you. Oh, that's very lovely. Thank you so much. Amazing. I, I, I don't see any other hands at the moment, so I, I think it might be a good time to look at wrapping things up. Yeah, like I said, I think we can congratulate ourselves on having answered all possible questions. <laughs> and I'm sure with the next update, maybe after people can actually check out the testnet or even once we go to mainnet i think uh, it's going to be a wonderful time for a refresher and then i'm sure more questions or even improvement proposals will emerge absolutely thanks for having us always absolutely. a pleasure yeah thank you so much thanks everyone thanks for checking out another episode of the ether that was the galactic punks builder ama with andromeda protocol Recorded on Monday, August 22nd, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Rolling down the street in my 6 foe. I never had a 6 foe. A kid can wish though. I snapped a wishbone and grabbed a fistful. Chilling with the dopey, this a weed is all I wish for. I'm feeling blissful. I got a missus. My ginger always down to ride no matter what the mission. I'm singing this song. Got a couple albums out. We do alright, but it ain't really shit to write home about. Like to feed the fishbowl. Keep my stories mystical. I like my beats. Boom, bap and rap to be lyrical. I'm feeling cynical. Craving a little ritual. Save my place in line while I try to find a miracle. I keep looking and looking and looking, but never find nothing. We've been lied to, thinking this surprise under super secret lies. Motherfucker sneak inside, going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Trenches, trying to stay offensive Trespassing here like this land looks expensive Ain't no time like the present Trying to stake a claim Just make sure your claim stays away from all these other claims We're almost kind of running out of land here Living in the day of the dead and it's damn weird Same teams y'all, we just trying to get a bite to eat A little rest saved up, waiting for my time to sleep Head down, middle fingers up, yo I'm wide awake Never hesitate to stay about a hundred miles away Seven time and space, while the wrecking ball the place I expect you all to play, running marathons today When the... Sick get sicker and the rich get richer It might be about time to rearrange our dinner Fix the system, the shit, it's all nixed Waking up early, gonna suck today's Going dark now, believe me when I say this shit is do or die Going dark now, believe me when I say this shit is do or die Clark's a great guy, 
he's totally gonna take care of Angela, man. He's, he's great. He's a wonderful lab partner, so it's gonna be cool. We'll keep an eye on her. Why don't you go fuck yourself, you weird little prick? I'm a teacher, okay? You can't talk to me like that, guy. I'm not a student, so I can say whatever the fuck I want. Channel Spaces. <laughs> <laughs>